Hello everyone, this is Tony Kramer, product specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 69, and today we are going to be talking about Starfire GPS. Before we get started, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos packed full of information on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter, at RDO Tony K. With that, let's get back to the show. I am very excited to welcome Terry Pickett, who is the ISG Advanced Engineering Manager with John Deere in Urbandale, Iowa. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Terry. To get started, I'd really like to hear more about you and your background and how you got involved in this industry. Thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity. I uh, have a background starting back in my teenage years, working on some of my uncle's farm, but the equipment I worked on there was nothing like when I came to John Deere. It was very old equipment, and uh, I went to school at uh, William Jewell College and got in Liberty, Missouri, and got degrees in business, physics, and mathematics. And then went on to uh, University of Missouri at Rolla, where I had I, I received a master's degree in electronics engineering. And from there, I went to John Deere and joined John Deere's product engineering centers electronics group in Waterloo, Iowa at the product engineering center there. And since I started, I worked on initially, obviously, tractors and their electronics and software and some of the advanced product there. And then started working with a small team to do uh, electronics design and software development for basically all of the major platforms of John Deere, including combines, sprayers, planters, forage harvesters, and then some of our European tractors as well. After about 1993, Deere began to look at precision ag as a potential growth opportunity, and we went through, I was part of a task force, we went through and looked at the opportunities there, and we decided at the end of that to launch a small uh, group to look uh, very seriously at some first products in precision ag. The first one was yield mapping and, and yield monitoring. And then we quickly went to some of the rate controls for planters. But really in about the late 90s, I'm going to say 97, 98, we began to look at guidance. And we thought guidance was really the killer app for ag. And it was something that would allow us to really cement our capability to do things that would really benefit customers, farmers, and dealers, and everyone else in the, in the very quick return. And the key to that was, was getting positioning information on a, on a worldwide basis. We looked at everything out there and, and began to understand there really wasn't anything that did what we needed, which launched the Starfire program. So you've definitely been involved in so many different spectrums when it comes to the John Deere company and everything they've been involved with. You talked about how you kind of got got involved in this task force that started working on guidance systems and GPS. Let's start out, Terry, by talking some of the basics of GPS or global positioning systems. 
Yeah, the GPS system was really first started uh, work on that in the in the late 70s and uh, really advanced quite a bit through, through the 80s until early 90s it was launched and available. Didn't have all the satellites operational and those of you that remember back then in the early 90s, there was something called selective availability which meant they threw an error signal that was somewhat random into that into the GPS accuracy so you would get 30 or 40 meters accuracy. So you really couldn't use it directly and that's why a lot of the Coast Guard differential systems and other differential systems started to be developed. But basic GPS is a triangulation system if you think about it. It looks at the satellite position from three different angles and determines where that is and uh, that's why you need somewhat of a network to do that and then uses that position, that satellite, to calculate the distance down to wherever the receiver is on a tractor, combine, whatever. Because if I know that distance and I can get three separate satellites, I can again do triangulation to figure out where that position is on the surface of the Earth. There's a lot of things that go along with that that are subtle, like, well, that position is actually on the surface of the Earth based on the center of the Earth. So, you know, as the Earth tide, when the, when the sun goes over and stuff, the Earth actually raises up a few centimeters every day. And so if you're doing elevation stuff, that's an issue. And so there's a lot of things that go into when you do positioning. And, and when you're talking about centimeter level accuracy, that all comes into that equation. But uh, basically it's a triangulation issue. There's some things you can do to get that more accurate. Our current Starfire system actually can see the satellites. When the sunlight hits the solar panels, it actually will warp a little bit. And we actually can see that movement because of that because we're looking at it with such accuracy on its orbit and clock that we can see those kinds of things, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. So you talk about the different levels of accuracy. I know just speaking basic GPS technology, there's different types of GPS correction, correct? Yeah, the the basic GPS is just signal. And there's GPS. There's also GLONASS, which is a Russian uh, system competing with that. There's Galileo, which is just coming online, and it does a similar thing. And then there's Beidou, which is a Chinese system. So all of those do your basic triangulation from satellites. When you want to get a correction for that, because there's a lot of things on that satellite that will mess up that distance measurement you're trying to make from each satellite, like the ionosphere was a big one. And uh, early on, people would do a model of the ionosphere, which a model is only as accurate as its weakest point, and there would be times when you would, it would work pretty well and other times it didn't. But basically your early Coast Guard systems and most of the early correction systems using differential GPS used an ionospheric model. DEER was one of the first ones with our Starfire system to use actual measurements of the ionosphere by using a dual frequency receiver, which used two different frequencies that the GPS satellites would would transmit and beating them against each other to determine how much ionospheric distortion there was because you knew the two frequency very accurately and so you, you knew the wavelengths and so you could figure how much it actually distorted them with that solution. That was a huge breakthrough for DEER and it was one of our key patents that allowed us to become one of the big ag suppliers of GPS. 
as you mentioned, there's lots of different, you talk about the GPS and the GLONASS and the, the different signals out there. Let's keep talking about this, the John Deere Starfire system. It is such a unique system, many different levels of correction. Let's keep talking to our listeners, Terry, about what the John Deere Starfire system is, what it has to offer, and what kind of correction signals are out there. Yeah, the when we started with the our Starfire correction systems, we knew we needed a lowest end signal correction signal, and it had to probably compete with WAS, uh, which was the wide area augmentation system that the FAA was doing. But we wanted the ability for customers to be able to upgrade and get that accuracy down sub 10 centimeters, and now it's sub 5 centimeters, almost, I think, 3-centimeter accuracy with our SF3. But originally there was SF1, which would give you 10 to 15 centimeters accuracy. There was SF2, which would give you about 7. And now SF3 gives you about 3. But And then RTK will give you 2-centimeter type accuracies. And RTK actually does a very localized solution, works Initially, it was six miles radius. Now, I think they've got it out to about 12 miles. And that all depends by, as you get further and further out, then you get a different ionospheric part of the equation, and that's why your accuracy with RTK decreases as you get away from a single base. And so the, the wide area solutions do better as you get further away from a base because they basically have a, a continent-wide solution, if you will. And that's why we get SF3 will work, you know, with three, with three, three, four centimeters accuracy across the whole globe. And that's pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah, that's awesome. When John Deere came out with the SF3, we were all really excited. But for for you to talk about how it's you get that accuracy across across the globe is unbelievable. Yeah, and that was one of the things as we as we went into guidance, which we we that's why we developed Starfire, and we've talked to some of our competitive uh, engineers or competitor engineers over time, and they never could figure out when we were developing Starfire why we were developing a new receiver to just go on a yield mapping system, because they they didn't realize guidance was our end game, and when we did, Deer quickly enabled guidance across almost all our platforms. Those of our dealers that were in the mix at, at the time saw it coming very quickly, those systems. And the other thing John Deere did, and it's probably what I think was one of the keys to our success in Precision Ag, was we launched our our solution specialists, and they call them AMS specialists at the time. And those were those people were engaged with the dealerships to help them upgrade their capability and technology directly with the customers. And by doing that partnership with the dealers and branches, it made a huge difference in our capability at the dealer level, which grew over time to where today our solution specialists are dealer dealer people. And, and that was a huge deal. That That probably was one thing that nobody else thought of, if you will. You kind of answered my next question going back to talking about Deer's investment in Starfire systems and you talked about the end game being automated guidance and and auto track. Tell us a little bit more of why John Deere chose to invest in creating that own their own system rather than like you mentioned buying a third party or partnering with a third party. 
Yeah, there's, there's several layers to that. If you look at the very top level, we looked at different receivers from different companies, and most of them were competitors we saw in our guidance because they already had guidance in, in the market. And uh, when we looked at them, they really, none of them were dual frequency, and all the dual frequency receivers, if you, we tried to buy just that part of the receiver, was over $10,000. And that would have made our whole pricing strategy out the window. So go out the window. So what we did was we began to look at how would we design from scratch a dual frequency engine. And we had invested in a ASIC that was being developed at Litton Consulting for other applications. And we had gotten, the, by making that small investments, we got rights to ag construction and uh, turf. And that was pretty a pretty far-reaching investment because we spent a few hundred thousand dollars and owned all rights for a $3 million ASIC in, that, in those areas. So we didn't have to spend the money twice, plus it was already developed. So that gave us the capability to build the rest of the electronics around that, which became Starfire. And that was a big, big deal because once we had the Starfire receiver that had the capability of doing these things, we had the ASICs, so that gave us the capability to own, own our own receiver. And to this day, I think we're the only major industrial manufacturer that owns its own GPS chipset. I don't even think automotive has any, anyone that does. And that's, that's pretty unique if you think about it. But what it's given us is, is the ability to control the pace of change in the guts of our receiver so that we aren't always chasing our tail. Because when we, the first combine yield mapping receiver, those of you that remember it, it was an orange dome with a green uh, ring around it. And the problem we had there, we had a commercial GPS receiver that we purchased and put inside that. And we were continually having to upgrade software in that. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but we had no control over when those changes were going to happen. When we had our own receiver and our own ASICs and our own software, that went away. We also decided to buy Litton Consulting, which became our NAVCOM group, which gave us the technical capability to really design GPS receivers around directly around what we perceived the ag user need was. And that was also, I think, a breakthrough for our customers. That's a really unique perspective to look at that. And, and the way you explain it is is awesome to hear because like you said, it's it's our it's John Deere's own receiver. You get to you get to control the the level of how it's adapted and how it's changed. I, you talk about no other industry having something like this. And that's one thing I always say about the egg industry is there's more technology in a tractor than there is in your pickup sitting in your driveway. And everyone kind of chuckles when they hear that, but they don't realize it until they actually see it and utilize it. How has 20 years of Starfire signal impacted farmers across the world? Yeah, and that's... that's you know, I have some personal experience that uh, are very humbling to me because, uh, you know, I, I, I've traveled the world quite a bit and uh, worked on guidance systems in different places. And almost every time I go overseas, I'll meet someone in the field or at a conference or something. I had one at uh, the SEMA, which is a big uh, ag exposition in Paris, France, just north of Paris. And 
I had a fellow come up to me and he says, uh, I had my name tag on. He said, oh, you're Terry Pickett. And I said, yes. I didn't know the person from anybody. And, and he says, I want to thank you. And I said, oh. And he said, I want to thank you for doing guidance. He says, you made my life so much easier. And my wife can even stand to be around me when I get home at night. And uh, it's those little things that, that really cause you to stop and pause about a, a career where you've done these kinds of things and uh, realize that, you know, like many customers have told us, I bought my first, my first guidance system because when I looked at the bottom line, it would make sense. And they said, I bought my second just because I felt so much better at the end of the day. <laughs> and I think that's echoed customers worldwide when you talk to them. It's, it's a big deal for them that, to have to be able to do work, get more positive work done, and to feel better at the end of the day and not be so stressed because you're not – if you can think about it, think about, for those of you who, who don't drive guidance equipment, if you had to drive all day, eight hours or more a day, and keep your right tire on the edge of the road white line, I bet most people in an hour would be bug-eyed and, and because I tried that kind of thing just to experiment. And, and that's what our customers had to do for 12, 14 hours, 18 hours a day before guidance. That is such a cool way to look at it, talking about driving with your, your right tire on that line on the edge of the highway. I never thought of it like that before, but yeah, it's a very good, uh, very good point to make there. Terry, where can people go to learn more about GPS or Starfire Signal? Yeah, there's a, a very good, if you like the, uh, if you get the John Deere Journal, there's a very, very good article on the May of 2018 issue. That would be really, uh, I think, useful for anyone who really wants to see what it's all about. It's an interview with one of our key people. Is He was working in uh, Antarctica, setting up a base station there, which just shows you that the global span of how John Deere creates these extremely accurate signals. We've worked with the Jet Propulsion Lab for years and, and worked with them on some smoothing, and now we've developed our own smoothing, which is even more uh, sophisticated than what they had. So, yeah, that, that's a good place to start. Terry, I know you have so many things on your plate and you are a very busy guy with a packed schedule. I just want to say thank you very much for sitting down with me on the Agriculture Technology Podcast to talk about GPS and Starfire frequency uh, correction signals. It is so cool to learn about all of this stuff and to hear kind of how it evolved and adapted and where it is today. Anytime. I really appreciate the chance to talk to people and, and let them know what, what, that, that John Deere is really trying to look to the future and create things that are lasting and uh, a, a tremendous investment for our customers. This podcast was produced and edited by Nate Dorsey. Visit rdoequipment.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you've missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you'll never miss out on the latest news and technology from RDO Equipment and John Deere. If you really like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms that you are using. You can also connect with me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. That's at R-D-O-T-O-N-Y-K where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, or ideas for future topics to cover. 
Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.